Hi, and welcome to Everything Theatre's podcast, where we chat to the creatives involved in bringing you some of the amazing theatre we get to enjoy. Find out how exciting new shows come together and listen to the behind the scenes stories from directors, musicians, producers, and more. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. Today, I've got Sophie, Leah, and Grace. They are bringing a show called Friction Burn to the Hope Theatre as part of Camden Fringe from the 20th to the 23rd of August, so very, very soon. Love to meet all three of you. Do you want to just give me a quick introduction, who you are, what your involvement is? Hiya, I'm Sophie. I'm the writer of Friction Burn, and I'll be playing the character of S. Hi, I'm Leah, and I am the director of Friction Burn and the producer of the play as well. Hello, I'm Grace. I just play the fiddle, but it's nice to be part of it. That ju- just sounds so wrong. It's, you play the fiddle. That's incredible. It's an instrument. I'm jealous. Actually, I'm jealous of anything. I can't act. I can't direct. I can't do anything in theatre. That's why I write about it. Um, <laughs> right. And you're all from East 15, yeah? Yeah. And well, what, you graduated this year? Mm, we graduated when, like, two months ago now? A month ago. Yeah, 17th of July. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> And is that how you met? Did you all know each other at East 15? Yeah, we were all on the same um, course, the CT course, and that's how we all met. And and you, Grace, was you part of that as well? Or? Yep. Uh, okay. <laughs> they do music yeah. at East 15. I don't really know. I know it as an acting school, but they do music as well then, yeah? Well, for the course, it's a lot of devising, creating your own theatre. And so you do all that, and then often the chorus leader's like, let's add some music. And so most most of the class is musical as well. So like Sophie okay. um, is very musical and Leah is very musical as well. So it's... We shall get into that. Right, so let's talk about the show. So Friction Burn. Um, what do you want to tell us about Friction Burn? What can you tell us about giving away too many spoilers? I, I go. <laughs> so Friction Burn is an absurd and dark comedy about a toxic relationship and... The two characters, so the couple plays manipulative games with each other all along the play. And the main game um, is suicide. So that it's a lot about who is going to kill themselves first. <laughs> and it's all along the play, but in a very fun and dark humour way. Um, it's very Beckett in a way, and Pinter. It's as if Beckett and Pinter had a baby, basically. And yeah, so let's let's dive into the suicide. Let's get that out of the way first, because that's always an interesting one to discuss. Um, what what brought you to decide you wanted to have suicide as your central theme? Then, see, this might sound quite odd, but I didn't realise it was a central theme until Leia told me it was. Um, because when we actually wrote the play, for me, it was never a like a, a main thing to talk about. It's more about like. What is the most extreme situation I can imagine two people being in where they can where they can't leave? So originally when I wrote it, um, it was that the two characters, so they're um whoever's in the noose is being physically held up by the other actor. So if you let go and you leave the room, that person will just be hanging there. So it's that whole idea of like putting two people in a really intense situation where they also have something to talk about with regard to their relationship and just seeing how you can talk about your relationship when you can't leave the room. 
So I didn't actually realize it was about suicide. Then when I obviously saw that it was about uh, suicide to a degree as well, it's interesting as well because it's quite an extreme thing to bring into any relationship when you have someone who is considering that in that part of the relationship. But it wasn't actually my original focal point. <laughs> yes, I, this is this comes up a lot actually when I talk to a lot of people um, that what you initially conceived, what how, when you wrote the play, you know, changes as other people get involved. So this is. How different is this from what you initially conceived it to be then after it's, you know, is, is it still sort of basically the same or is it completely changed from your original idea? I think compared to my original idea, the actual play as it stands now is an even more extreme version of the extreme thing that I wrote. Because, like, I wrote the play that's filled with ridiculously stupid moments um ridiculously odd moments as well and then the play that layers then sort of like made for me and gifted back to me is even more ridiculous even more stupid <laughs> also even more like kind of heartfelt at times as well because you have all of that ridiculousness and that stupidity so it's both everything that I imagined it to be but also nothing like how I imagined it to be <laughs> You'd be amazed, as I say. I I I chat to so many people, and that is such a common thing that the writer. Um, and I what what fascinates me is um when I get writers tell me that their actors interrogate them about the characters, and they find more about the character that they didn't see at the outset. You know, I I remember I was chatting to um someone a while back, and she said her actor just come to her one day and said he wouldn't have that for breakfast. And it was some scene that said, you know, that, that, that doesn't work for my character. He goes, I'm the writer, and he's telling me what my character would think and do. Is, um, is that what you found here? Um, a little bit, as well. yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's more a case of, like, the characters that I pictured in my head, they exist in my, like, in Sophie's world of uh, life experience mixing with imagination. But for me, I, I have, I think, in my head, such a flexible idea that, because I've made them such blank characters in terms of S and H, in terms of like, there's some truth to them, but they're also so vague. Anyone can slap their own brand of S and H onto it. And I would be, I believe it. Um, because I have my own version in my head, but some like later has her own version in her head. So, you know, everyone else has different versions in their head. Uh, um, the biggest question I was asked originally when we first did this as like the writer from two actors coming to me was, can we please have names? Um, but I was like, no, <laughs> no, stick stick with your letters and see how you get on. <laughs> what, why the letters? It's a really good question, actually. And again, that's you said so much now. Um, I saw something recently where they were called A, B, C and D. And, and their reasoning was about, so everything was interchangeable. Is there a reason why we're S and H here? Kind of a similar a similar thing in that um, firstly it's quite gender neutral, which is important to me anyway because I just love the idea that gender and sexuality has nothing to do with the fact that relationships can suck regardless of your sexual orientation for a start. Um, but also that it's not a play about about gender and sexuality, but it just welcomes anyone and and any sexual preference as well in that regard. But um, to be brutally blunt and a bit stupid, actually, the reason why they were their S and H is because was that when I was writing it, I kept getting confused as to who was standing and who was actually hanging. 
So S and H was just to remind me of who's currently sitting on the floor and who's hanging on the noose. Um, I wish I had a really profound reason. What's the matter? <laughs> Logic, really. Brilliant. But my, um, our, our writing teacher thought that I'd named them after me. <laughs> it is standing and hanging. That that is fantastic. Um, right, you're you're playing at the Hope Theatre now. I mean, you've mentioned here about there's a noose. Um, which I mean, and again, that's not giving anything away. They are in your promotional pictures, aren't they? So I've we have seen the bright red noose that you're using. How are you go pulled it off in the Hope Theatre? I mean, one, there's an issue with size in this place, isn't there? I hope it isn't the biggest venue in the world. Um, the audience are sitting in basically in your lap at the best of times, or you're sitting in the audience lap, whichever way you want to go around it. When you throw in some music and when you throw in what looks like it's going to be quite a physical performance and someone there in the middle with a noose around their neck, how do you how are you working that for the Hope Theatre? First of all, Phil, who is the artistic director of um, the Hope, was very, very comprehensive and we should be able, we have our tech today actually, so we'll see, but we should be able to have the noose um, hung up, which is very, very important to us. Um, and in terms of space, because the characters move so much and they have a lot of physical routines in the show and the musicians are also on stage, we had to adapt, but I think it's fine. And it's quite fun as well because if you do the same show again and again with the same type of venues again and again, you start to feel tired about the show. But because there's so many physical moments and little com comedic moments, um, the actors just keep it fresh. And it's just much nicer for me. I'd rather change my venues all the time and have them play a lot again and again than have them just tired of playing the same things. Um, so I think it's quite a gift, really, to just keep changing venues and having to adapt mm. um what about musically grace from that does it does it make a big difference what venue you're in for the music do you, do you have to change how you play or is it just a case of adjusting volume and that mostly volume volume because when we did it in the like the first venue we did it in the musicians we were up in like a cupboard up at the top of the back of the stage and we were still too loud. I was like, I don't know how I can physically play quieter just because acoustics were bizarre. Um, it's sort of like playing a game with the music of you're watching the actors. And sometimes they say all the lines in the right order and sometimes they don't. And that's fun. That means you're really watching like, I shouldn't be playing now. Stop. <laughs> and you sort of, it's a fun game and music is very adaptable. It's a very, we've got a very loose structure for the music. It sounds great. Like the music is very, very good. But it's very free, very improvised, except there's some set moments that you're like, okay, they're doing this physical thing. We're on it. Let's do this. I don't know if I've answered your question, but. No, that's no, that. that's fine. Have you been, so you've got your, your tech in today for the hype, aren't you? So how you, I mean, have you already pictured, do you know how you go lay things out? Because I've been to the hype a few times recently. Um, I saw a musical there a couple of months ago and it was too loud. I loved the musical, but it was too loud. Um, have you already, have you been in the hope yet to sort of plan it out? Do you know what you're going to sort of aim for? Yes, we viewed the hope once. Um, and I think it should be fine because, yeah, I think we can manage it very well hopefully it will not be too loud because otherwise you can't hear the actors so it's always the balance and I mean my musicians are very clever I like to think so so 
when they think that they can't hear the actors, they know there's a problem. So they usually play quieter. But um, yeah, that like there's a very nice balance in the show. Um, and the, the actors really know when the musicians take the lead and the musician, the musicians, sorry, know when they have to take the lead and vice versa. So it's just, I think it's, it should be, it should be fine. And we like it'll, it'll work itself out. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'll be honest, when I saw the musical, it wasn't so much the music was too loud as there was a lot of, um, screaming shall we say going on in the singing it was meant to be a sort of the one of the actors was meant to be basically having tantrums most of the time and she was about one meter from me and she was belting it out and i wish i i mentioned when we've done the written interview about earplugs and i wish i'd taken earplugs for that one <laughs> i was i was that far away from a full belted musical tantrum it was it was incredible <laughs> um <laughs> Right. Apart, let's go back to the music. I, I, I mean, I, it's, there's two musicians, isn't there, playing in, involved? Yes. Uh, yeah. Fiddle and what's it, guitar? Guitar. And what I, I love the idea because the music is is grunge based, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And how do you do? How do you do grunge on a fiddle? Well, that's a surprise. <laughs> Run it out. <laughs> um, do, yeah, go, go for it, Grace. <laughs> the good thing about it being fiddle and guitar is that the guitar is a really great constant and the guitar can play some really cool grunge chords and make it sound very cool. And then the fiddle is a bit more like that annoying voice you have in your head. You're like, I've got this cool music on. Why is it so stressful going on? Oh my goodness. Da, 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 da. And so it sort of plays in with the actors as well. So the guitar makes it grunge. I make it, I don't know, not not hopefully not annoying, but it gives another layer. It's not just grunge, it's telling a story. No, I mean, fiddle can act. Fiddles are fantastic um, for that. There's almost there's almost a char more character on fiddle, isn't there? I find, I mean, I saw one a couple of weeks ago where they had, um, a, a, I think, a violin. Um, and so they can almost do like the, the little actions with with the instrument. Are you, so, you, I mean, are you doing more than music? Are you accompanying the actors in their performance as well? It's mostly. It's mostly sort of undertone music, but then there's moments where it's like, oh no, this is music. Like, I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about the show. Okay. <laughs> well, like, because um, the show's so silly, it'll be a very, very serious situation and then it goes into a Western. Or it'll be very, very serious and then it turns into a sexy Spanish kind of thing. You're like, oh, it's a new vibe. And so while the words and the show can be saying one thing, the music can be doing a completely opposite thing, which then makes it a much more complex avenue that you didn't expect, which is really cool. But then there's some bits you're like, we're going to build tension here. Ah, let's not build tension here. And it's, yeah, and you can. Again, it's another instrument, isn't it, where you can quite build. I was face it, strings are used so much in horror soundtracks, aren't they? Yeah. They can sound pretty horrible sometimes too. <laughs> in a good way, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, in, a good, in a good way. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Sophie, you're you're act, you didn't act in this. This is you played this at the Rose recently, didn't you? Another uh, Rose, the Arthur Cottrell, Arthur Cottrell Theatre, which is near the Rose Theatre, just it's, around the corner. Yes, part of their sorry, the Fuse Festival, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, you didn't act in that one though, did you? No. no, this is actually going to be the first time that I'm acting in my own play. 
why did you what what, what is is it just sort of necessity this time what did you why did you decide you wanted to now act you know be the actor in this well, I think it is actually, in all honesty, based on necessity because the original actor, Eve, um, who played S uh, during the debut festival where it was created for and then at Fuse Festival, can't make these dates, essentially. Um, and we had them booked in. So we were looking for someone and then... Leo... We did, yeah, we didn't really look. I looked, I looked at Sophie and I was like, I want you to look. <laughs> yeah, that was the look. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Leia gave me a look and I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, but also just for the time being, it made some sense because obviously writing it means I'm more familiar with it. Plus I was familiar with the actual play as a whole because I was the guitarist beforehand. Now we're swapping to Ed, who's a lot better than me. <laughs> but um, so I, I knew the play quite well already on a number of levels. That's the main reason why. And Lewis and Sophie have... Um have a very interesting relationship on stage because I was looking for someone that could, um, you know, take Eve's part because even Lewis are very close and they work really well. They have a beautiful chemistry, but Sophie and Lewis too. And it's a very different one. So I wanted an actor that yes, of course knew the play and could do the part well, but would bond with Lewis really well. Um, and it, it really works. It's a completely different play, but it really works. I mean, yeah. What's what's it what's it like? It, it, it it's quite a weird way around. I know, I know lots of sort of writers who act initially in their play and then hand it on to someone else, but to actually have sort of let someone else do the role when you've stepped into it, it is it quite weird now because you've seen someone else do that role? Is, is how how easy is it not to want to repeat what they did? I it is hard to be fair. It is, it is hard to kind of get that image out of out of your head whilst you're like on stage for sure also I find it kind of hard as the writer to kind of get the the fictional characters that were in my head who I've imagined lives for imagine what they look like and they don't look like me to now be like they're me mm -hmm. I I am it um but no it is it, it's kind of odd as well because the the whole process of how the play came about was because of our our course at drama school encourages you to write. And I wrote this play, it was selected for debut, which is our like sort of big festival to showcase some of our writing. And even Lewis were, were cast. And then ever since then, I was like, yeah, it's always been them. Like, yeah, they're like the, the natural duo. Yeah, that makes sense. And now it's like, wait, now I have to be that? That's, oh, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> so it has been hard, but it's been really interesting to also get an idea of, something that you've written, how it actually works in the room when the writers, obviously I'm there, but I'm not there as the writer, I'm there as an actor. Makes sense. Yeah, musically, because you're obviously, uh, Grace, you're now, so you initially played with um, Sophie, yeah, musically, the music to this. Is is there a difference for you as well, is having a different sort of guitarist with you? Does it, does it change the dynamics massively? Yeah, because just because of the nature of our course, um, there was so much music and there was like a small group of us that played music all the time and we just played music for every show and it was really easy you could just go in a corner and be like oh this sounds sick let's use this and Ed he's a brilliant guitarist but I've never done that kind of thing with him so it's finding a new kind of way to work but he's very good and you're like ah oh, that sounds cool I can work with that and then it's just finding building a new relationship really but he's lovely to work with, so no qualms.
is um is Ed from um East Fifteen as well, or did you grab him from somewhere else? He's, he's, from, <laughs> he's from East Fifteen, but he graduated um a year before us. Okay, and he didn't do the CT course, but he did the BA course. Um, so it's a different approach to devising and creating your own work. Um, nevertheless, it worked because he he saw the show at least three times. So he knew the show, so that was great um, yeah. for us. <laughs> is, is this um, your first proper professional outing? Yeah. I'd, I'd say so, yeah. Uh, we did, like, obviously we, we did Fuse, but that mm. was when we were still graduates anyway because we hadn't officially graduated by that point. And, yeah, this is probably going to be the first outing. Yes. I feel like we, when I applied to Fuse, in my head, I just applied in like one afternoon and I was like, yeah, let's do it. It's fun. It's going to be in July. It's going to be great. Um, when I applied to Camden Fringe, I was like, this has to work. And the, the, <laughs> the pressure was a bit different. And let's hope for the best. I think it's going to be, it's, it's a lot of pressure, but it's nice. And it's nice to do something right after graduating because you just feel very active. I don't think any of us very passive people, like we like doing things. So it was great to feel busy, even though right now I feel extremely busy. Um, yes. Is, is it, I mean, is it a big learning curve? I've been mean, coming out, gradu you know, graduating on your course, but is it a big learning curve now to actually have to do everything else you're doing? I mean, you know, all the admin, all the promotion, is it sort of, you know, is, are you learning on the job almost right now? I'm learning every day. I am really learning. However, um, the city course really trained us well. <laughs> yeah, this course really trained us really well. Um, because I obviously directed before. Um, Grace has directed, so did Sophie. Um, I produced as well the last festival we did in in our third year, which means that I had a bit um in my back pocket for producing, which helps a lot. Um, it's still harder than I thought it was, but it helps a lot. I think, and... I think the hardest thing now for us is we don't have the luxury. I mean, some of us never did, but the luxury of, you know, student finance and being a student and only, only I use that in air quotes because a lot of us still worked alongside uni, but like having dedicated time out of your day that is to do this. Whereas now since graduating, people are obviously getting full-time jobs to be able to stay living in London because nothing's cheap around here no more. Um, so it's also about organising people's schedules so that whatever sort of precious hours of the day you do have free, they're in rehearsals. Like, And it's it's that kind of maintaining that passion when you are dog-tired and you just want to go to bed, but andiamo. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the world of Fringe Theatre. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to go back to drama school. I don't know as yet. <laughs> as someone said to me recently, you, you you don't get involved in fringe theatre for the money. You really don't. No, you don't. Um, right. Let's, let's get back to talking about the show a little bit because we, we you know, as always do, we never seem to, we seem to have gone off on complete tangents here. Um, what is what is it you're trying to say with this play now? What is it you're trying to get across to an audience? Um, with this, I mean, we know it's quite serious messages, but is do you have a, in your mind what you want people to be walking away thinking about? <laughs> yes, I think deeply it goes as a production, 
um, because we talked about the play already. So obviously we're talking about um, toxic relationships and um, how people stay together, even though sometimes they maybe shouldn't and that kind of things. And that's very interesting. But as an artist, what I am interested in is to share with the audience and to create like a moment that the audience will remember. Because um, we, we don't really talk to each other anymore. Like we don't really meet, we, we do things online and stuff. So the theater is for me, a place that should be cherished in that sense. So no matter the production that I, I want to do, I, I want to create this special link between the audience and the, the performers. Um, and that's, that goes above any kind of play plays, sorry. And yeah, um, I'd say that. And then obviously there's the friction burn and yeah, no, I, I kind of agree. I think for me, the, the essence of the play for me, as in what I took away from just writing it was a bit of therapy for myself. I can't lie. Just in terms of just getting some thoughts and feelings just out. And I think what I hope for the audience is that actually by laughing at something so ridiculously, intensely, seriously funny, it is it is quite releasing. Um, especially if you've got a pint in your hand. But yeah, just sort of sat together and laughing about something. Or, uh, the kind of the whole point of these characters is, is you're supposed to laugh at them. They are there to be laughed at. And you can laugh and then you can also cry about it because there's also moments where like you kind of think, oh, I shouldn't be laughing right now. But um, on the whole, though, I, I just I, I kind of I think this production is going to be something that's quite a like quite a good release for people in whatever form they, that takes. Laughing, crying, hating it, throwing their pine at us. I don't care. But release something. Leave the, the room lighter than you than you entered. Yeah, for sure. That's a really nice way to put it. You've also booked him for the space in November, isn't it? Obviously, you applied for a few festivals, you got into that. Camden Fringe, you know, you, you got into Camden Fringe. Now you've got the space coming up. Is that quite um is that quite nice to know that clearly people have seen something in this play and they've sort of already picked up on this play and want it at their venues? Yes. So for the space, the space and Easter team are very linked. So mm, the space came to debut festival and... We performed there as well before debut. Yes. We actually performed our Shakespeare module mm. um, at okay. the space, which is very, very cool. So we know Adam, um, the artistic director of um, the space, really well. And one of the shows, the show that Sophie directed at debut and that I wrote um, ended up being the runner-up of the space award. And then we said, oh, we also have another show. So let's, let's do a double bill. So we will perform two shows every night um, that week. <laughs> this is they're, they're actually really, really good to us as well as a whole because they've seen quite a few of E15 productions now. And I remember um them saying actually that they have this this trust that the, the work that cts in particular put on is of a quality that's worth attention and they've been actually really really good at supporting not only our year but also the year above us and hopefully years to come in terms of like the kind of introduction to fringe theater is in what it's like having to enter the big bad world and the big bad industry 
and sort of giving a little bit of hope that there is a space in London somewhere called The Space that is there to support us in in an industry capacity, not just sort of giving out handouts. It's like, no, you've earned it. Use it. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, no, The Space are fantastic in supporting especially a lot, a lot of new artists um, and what Matt and Adam do down there is fantastic. We sort of have a very good relationship with them down there. So always good to see what's going on happening there. Right. So let's let's start wrapping things up then. So one last chance for you to sell us um, Friction Burn. Just repeat, this is coming to the Hope Theatre on the 20th of August, which is next Sunday, through to Wednesday. So four nights, isn't it? So what is it about Friction Burn you think we should all be heading along now to come and see um if you want a battle royale with a pint in your hand and you want to laugh until you cry um come along and watch friction burn with a lot of music lovely fiddle a lot of guitar amazing (laughs) come to our show (laughs) good show for an experience you come in and you laugh you cry and you actually we you're chatting with the like there's a connection between the actors and the audience and everyone's in on the joke. It's you don't have to be the scientist to get it. It's good. It's good theatre. I'm actually intrigued thinking about this because say, because you get a slightly different view of this, don't you, Grace? Because you're obviously sitting are you are you on the stage, the sides of the stage, but you, you you're almost watching it with the audience, aren't you? Yeah, fully. I watch it, I watch it, I laugh. I probably shouldn't be. I should probably be <laughs> taking it very seriously, but I'm like, wow, that was a good bit. <laughs> And so I'm having a great time every night. And then I get to play along and be part of it even more. And I'm like, wow. And the people afterwards are like, that was sick. I'm like, I know, right? And it's, yeah, it's a great place to be. Best seat in the house. Fantastic. Well, to be fair with Hope Theatre, nearly every seat's the same seat in the house because you, like, <laughs> you are literally in touch and distance of everybody on that stage. Um, <laughs> I, I I quite often sort of get very paranoid when my feet, I have to quickly tuck my feet back under the chair somewhere and I go trip up the actors sometimes. <laughs> right, you, you, can, you can stack us up, it's fine. We're very used to tumbling now. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant to say. This is um, on next week at Hope Theatre as part of Candle Fringe. Looks really good. I think we're coming on Sunday night to review it, so I'm really intrigued to find out what we make of this as well. Grace, Sophie, Leah, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure, and good luck with the show next week. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you. Have a very good day. Thanks so much for listening, and don't forget to share our podcast if you enjoyed it, and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode.